Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. My guest today is Sahara Rose Devore, who is a travel and business coach, author and speaker. Sahara Rose is a founder of Travel Coach Network and the creator of the world's first certification program for travel coaches. Sahara Rose spent a decade traveling the globe to over 84 countries. By the time she was only 31, she educates, empowers, inspires, and helps ambitious women travelers from all over the world bring to life their own meaningful travel-focused businesses. So let's dive in and listen to Sahara Rose story now. Hi, Sahara Rose. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast. So yeah, I guess the first question I want to ask is how did you become a travel coach? What inspired you? Yeah, that is such a common question that I get because travel coach is such kind of a new word in the travel industry. But my story begins, um, I believe, more so around my third year of university. I decided to enroll in a uh, hospitality and tourism program. And at that time, I hadn't really traveled anywhere. I am an only child to a single mom. So we traveled, you know, within the U.S., but not too much abroad. And at that time, I was also a broke college student. So being able to travel to far lands seemed so far out of reach for someone like myself. Um, but my third year university, I enrolled in the program. And it was the very first day of our class, our international tourism class. We kind of went around the room and everyone introduced themselves and how many countries they've been to and I was hearing everyone talk about these big numbers from five countries, 10 countries, 15 or 20 more. And I was in such awe. And I realized that there was a lot of students that were foreign exchange students in the, in the course who were from Europe. So I hadn't realized how easy it was to go from country to country in uh, a continent like Europe where the countries are connected to each other. And so I was like, wow, I want to do something like that. But at the same time, I'm in my head, I'm like, how am I going to do that? I have no money. Like, I'm struggling yeah. to pay my rent, you know. And uh, plus, I was like, well, all those thoughts went through my head, too, of do I need to travel with someone? Like, is it going to be safe for me? And all those types of questions. So when I graduated in 2010 with my degree in hospitality and tourism management, I was like a typical 22-year-old where I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had this piece of paper with this, you know, degree. And when I looked into the travel and hospitality industry, I, nothing resonated with what I actually wanted to do. Like nothing moved me, made me feel passionate about it. People were saying, just work for a company that pays you to travel. And that way you can travel for free for business. And I was like, yeah, but I want to be able to actually see countries. So I took a very unconventional route and I decided to pack a backpack, a suitcase, and mm -hmm. I bought a one-way ticket to Europe, to Ireland, and I had no idea when I was going to come back. My idea was about a month and a half to stay there, and just to kind of figure my life and figure out what I wanted and who I wanted to be, and I ended up falling in love with travel, and um, I spent the next 10 years, decade, traveling on and off to over 84 countries. Uh, by myself. And I people always ask, like, how did I do that? You know, money wise, when I was in college, when I in that first day of class, I made it a point to myself that I needed to, if I wanted to have that goal or dream to travel, I was going to have to figure that out somehow, and make mm -hmm. it happen for myself. So I decided to change my mindset when it came to money, to finances, and I worked more jobs, I spent less money, and I just managed my money better. So that's essentially how I was able to afford my travels. And but through the 10 years of traveling, I was still struggling with figuring out like, what is my passion for a career? 
I was, I always say I traveled, I was really lucky to travel during that specific decade because I was in the midst of, you know, before travel technology and the advancements that there are now, I traveled with a flip phone that didn't turn on and I traveled with a paper map that I had to walk around with to navigate. And I, uh, but then I was also in the midst of, you know, the growing of social media and technology and the internet and got to see like what it meant to be a digital nomad and the the rise of like working in online business and all of that. So I just got a really unique perspective on mm -hmm. the travel industry, hospitality industry, and the online world of business. So I, when I, about two years ago, realized that, you know, if I can't find a career that I'm really passionate about. I didn't want to be a blogger, didn't want to be a travel agent. All the careers that people are like, well, these already exist, so just do one of those in the travel industry. I went to work on the internet and I said, okay, I'm going to try to figure out what kind of career I want to have. What kind of business do I want to create because yeah. I can't find it myself. And I saw that online coaching world was really on the rise. And it something clicked in me and it made sense. I'm going to put two and two together and be a travel coach. I never saw anyone who was a travel coach. I never saw the word travel coach. Something just hit me and I said, it's travel coaching. And when I decided to start my travel coaching business, I very early on realized that because there was no one in the industry doing it and I had people coming to me asking me questions of like, how are you doing that? You know, that might be something I'm interested in. I decided to kind of take it under my own wing and pioneer path in the travel coaching industry. And that's kind of what led me to what I do now. Yeah, no, it does. Great. But uh, can you just explain you explain me what do travel coaches do? I mean, in the last four years, I haven't traveled much, I tell you, because I've got a little one. Yeah. <laughs> but, and the first trip to France was a bit of a disaster when we went to the restaurant and <laughs> we had to hold the muscles with him on our hands. <laughs> and all the French for French folks were just looking at us like, what are these people yeah. doing in a fancy restaurant with a five-month-old baby? But <laughs> and I guess that that was it. <laughs> and well, I mean, literally, we we wanted to go to Spain in May, and because of COVID, everything was cancelled. But uh, but what do travel coaches do? I mean, what 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 type of um, you know uh, service do they offer? Yeah, so that's a really great question. I realized that there is there's a couple different definitions in the industry. So the definition under my business, which is the Travel Coach Network, our definition is, well, a travel coach is very broad. It's just like a life coach or a health coach where they can mm -hmm. focus on so many different areas of expertise. And it really stems from the coach's personal interests, experiences, and uh area of expertise. So for instance, some of travel coaches, there's so many, but they can focus like for your situation, you can go to a travel coach who has experience as traveling as a parent with little okay. ones and say, okay, um, what, do I, what do I need to know? You know, yeah. what, um, you know, what are the benefits of traveling with a child or, you know, what does it do? And it's a travel coach focuses more on putting the power into the hands of the traveler versus a travel agent who takes control over the experience and, and does the planning and booking and everything for you. They have the skills and knowledge and expertise. Mm -hmm. The travel coach is a coach. They pull out of the client. What kind of experiences do you need to have in order to have the mental, physical, overall wellness experiences and transformations that mm -hmm. you're looking to have? Because when we think on a deeper level, everyone travels for so many different reasons, whether yeah. we acknowledge it or not. So oftentimes we can return in the same mindset or state of our life because we weren't traveling intentionally. So a travel coach is there to help you say, like, what are you why do you really want to travel? What are you looking to get out of it? And if you want to have more control of your travel experiences, a travel coach could, if they choose to focus on these areas, on mm -hmm. budgeting and finance, on planning, um, on the mindset and empowerment, the confidence boosting, the helping someone overcome fears and worries and anxieties, whether it's about being alone or safety or 
anything like that. And what inspired me to become a travel coach was because I, since I traveled for so long by myself, for years, I had so many people asking me whether online or friends and family or in the workplace, hey, like, how are you doing that? How are you affording it? How are you safe? Are you ever scared? What was the country like? Um, I'm envious of your lifestyle, you know, all these different questions. And I loved sharing that information. I loved empowering people and say, you don't have to spend a fortune to go on a travel experience, or you can do that yourself and find great deals. And you can, you know, travel to a place that's remote, like, like Oregon, Macedonia, which, you know, I, I took a journal and sat and self reflect. And it really taught me a lot about, you know, nature and myself and what I wanted to out of life. So there's so much power behind travel. But sometimes mm -hmm. not everyone's a travel expert. So we don't know how to get those outcomes, results, or benefits that so many years of studies prove that travel can provide. There's decades mm -hmm. of studies showing the mental, physical, physiological health benefits of travel, as well as the work performance uh, benefits of travel, whether that's including the benefits of experiences, transformation, mm -hmm. human interaction, culture, hearing new languages and dialects, gaining new skills. There's so many benefits. Yeah. But not everyone knows that information. So it's up to the coach to help that client understand what are they looking for? And therefore, how can I best provide you the tools, resources, encouragement, support to be able to obtain that? Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 interesting. And thanks for explaining. I guess a lot of, of listeners, course. they will just, cause just, just as I was like, oh, okay, I'm so, I'm so glad to talk to someone because it's something, in, I learn new things all the time. And thanks for explaining uh, the role of travel coaches. But definitely, it appears that you found your passion. Uh, my, my next question is that, you know, when you start the business, it's important that you find that passion. But how how can people find their passion? Yeah, that's I love that question because it's really easy to take the simple route in life or to do what society or family expects of you or wants of you or what you're supposed yeah. to do. Um and that often brings people to a roadblock in life because they might hit a spot where they're not feeling fulfilled. They're not really yeah. passionate about what they're doing. And so to be able to find that is you have to ask yourself and listen to your gut, listen to your heart and say, what do I want out of life? What is going to make me so happy to wake up every morning to be able to do? I, when I was working so many random jobs, which I enjoyed each of them to be able to afford my travels. I always made sure I did jobs like babysitting, restaurant work, and um, working in events and sporting events because I I liked to fill my time. I never wanted to do anything I was not happy doing. But at the same time, I was not, I knew that wasn't going to be long term for me. I didn't want to wake up every day to another schedule uh, someone else set for me or a abide by someone else's rules and regulations, yeah. or if I just didn't feel well for the day, well, hoping someone covers my shift, I wanted to have ownership over my own schedule. So that looks different for everybody. So asking yourself, what is it that you want your life to look like? And then going back and saying, what do I enjoy doing? What are my, what am I good at? What do people come to me for? What am I interested in? And not and blacking out the noise of what mm -hmm. others tell you you're good at or others tell you that you should do because as humans we love to please people especially if they are our loved ones especially um, women women love pleasing yeah. people <laughs> yeah you know and so many especially young people like to please their parents or live up mm -hmm. to their even cultural yeah. expectations or society's expectations and to, so when I knew that most likely my next step after graduating university was to climb the corporate ladder and to get a good title and a good mm -hmm. salary and, you know, have someone, you know, whatever that looked like, I knew in my heart, I didn't want that. And I, even though I didn't know what I wanted, I knew that there was a whole world out there that of people and experiences that would help direct me 
towards that. So just being able to take time and self-reflect, maybe that looks like making a list of all your past experiences and what you actually enjoy doing out of all of those. Did you like event planning? Did you like organizing something? Did you like um, being around people? Do you not like being around people? How does it feel to help people? How do you like to help people? Um, And, you know, becoming an entrepreneur is not for everybody. Um, So asking yourself, like, do you want those responsibilities? You want, can you handle that level of, you know, stress and roller coaster Mm -hmm. of what owning your own business and starting a business is going to look like? Do you have it in you to keep on going on those days where you are not feeling very successful or not feeling like you hit your, your goal for the month or whatever that might be? Are you able to push through that? Are you willing to invest in your growth and your financially and time-wise and energy-wise? Can you do that for your family? Can you do that for yourself? These are all questions for people to ask themselves. And some might tick off these boxes and some might mm-hmm. be like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, I'm good. Like I'm I'm good in the job I have or I need someone to give me structure and tell me what to do for my work or whatever that looks like. Yeah. But what do you do when you have moments like this when you just, oh, you know, I haven't hit the growth target or whatever, or, you know, you just feel like you're not progressing in certain tasks. What do you do? What's your strategy? Yeah, well, I don't even really know how to explain it other than I believe so much in my vision and my mission and what I'm capable of. I've always been someone who said, I, if I don't know how to do something, I'll figure it out. I figured out how to afford traveling around the world at such a young age. Like I can always figure it out. And along the way you learn lessons and anytime you hit a roadblock or make a mistake or something happens, I, instead of getting down on myself, I always use that as a learning lesson. So, and, and I apply that to my business. So if I feel like my business isn't getting to where I'm supposed to be at this stage, I'd eliminate any expectations, any comparisons to any other business or entrepreneur, because this Mm -hmm. is my journey and this is my business. And also I'm building something that is fresh, a fresh idea to an industry that is so big um, and to the coaching industry as well. So I, it takes time to build a business. So many people think that you build a business and boom, you, you're successful. You got tons of money. Yeah, over, yeah. Overnight success just takes about seven years. <laughs> yeah. So if you see those things on the internet that say like, make, yeah. you're going to, you know, buy this program, you're going to make 30 K in the next month. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, right. so, I mean, everyone's journey is different. Everyone starts in their business at a different level, different, more, someone might more have more connections and networking. Some might have more skills and advancements. Some might be starting completely from scratch like I did. I went to the school mm-hmm. of YouTube to learn how to start a business, you know, just, just the fundamentals of starting a business. And yeah, then on top right. of that, how to start a travel coaching business. Um, so if you believe enough in yourself and your own um, vision for what you're doing and you accept that, you give yourself that time and just learn something from every single thing you do. So if there's a day that I'm feeling like, oh, I just don't feel aligned with things, which never happens to me because I'm so aligned with what I do. But of course, I have my days where I'm just like overwhelmed. Sometimes I allow myself that day off or I allow myself to do just like one thing that day, one task that day. Or because your mental and your overall well-being is very important as well in, as an entrepreneur. So being able to accept and like listen to yourself and say yeah. like, do what do I need today? If I'm not 100% into this, like why am I feeling that way? And what do I need mm-hmm. to feel better? So tomorrow's a fresh new day and I can tackle my goals. That happens, you know? So finding a rhythm that works for yourself um, but just believing in your own capabilities is so important. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 great advice. Trust trust your guts. Yeah, and women can can do that. I mean, we have some kind of yeah. intuition, yeah. right? But yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned yeah, you've been traveling for ten years on your own. Uh, did you not have any fear when you went to all these different countries? Because it's quite risky to be, you know, to travel. Uh, solo uh, to some of those countries 
So what was going through your mind? <laughs> yeah. So that actually like very well is well connected to what we were just talking about, listening to your gut uh, and listen and you know, following your intuition. So I went to, I've been, I tend to travel to countries that are either underdeveloped or developing countries. I feel like I get a lot more out of them by experiences and culture and um, learning new strengths and weaknesses of myself and just really teaches me a lot um, versus going to establish some really big cities and stuff. Um, so of course there's, well, I've, I've honestly never felt personally afraid. I have been, mm -hmm. I don't say lucky that I've never had anything bad happen to me because luck is you have to put intent and effort into getting some sort of luck. It's like winning the lottery. You can't win the lottery if you never bought the ticket. You know, so, you're not. So it's, so for me, um, I've always been hyper aware of my surroundings. I've always made sure to listen to my gut. Like if I'm in a place, I've tried to not arrive in a place that I felt was, I thought was probably not going to be the safest to arrive at night or to be in an airport at uh, night, leaving in a, a taxi or maybe the taxis there are not that safe. So I would always try to find, reach out to accommodation and say, what's the safest way to get to you at this time of day or night? Um, and what do you recommend? So if, that meant I had to spend a little bit more for them to come pick me up and make sure I got back safe at midnight, then I will pay a little bit more. Um, so I always try to just listen to my gut. If I got to places where I, I, as much as I love people, I have anxiety, which is one of the reasons, which is strange that caused me to want to travel. I wanted to help find new ways to cope and learn about myself with my anxiety. But there's countries where there's just a lot of people and that makes me very anxious. My personal space mm -hmm. is kind of like, you yeah. know, it's, it's a cultural thing. So um, my personal space gets invaded, but I have to learn to adjust to that culture, but also keep myself within a place where I am mentally and physically okay. So that might mean I'm going to book a private room versus a shared hostel room. Maybe that looks like um, I'm going to buy, get, you know, private shuttles to pick me up to and from a place. Uh, maybe that means I'm going to stick with a group of new friends I met versus walk around by myself. So I yeah. make these conscious decisions based mm -hmm. on how I'm feeling. Um, I, as a female, I wasn't one to really drink or party or go out even if it is a cultural thing in the destination I'm in, I don't want to put myself into those situations. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that could be really tough for a lot of, especially younger people who travel because it's part of traveling is meeting people well, and having yeah. fun and <laughs> having drinks. But, and that's totally okay. If you put yourself into an environment and a group of people yeah. that you can trust and you can also monitor like trust yourself and monitor that you're going to not get to a place where you aren't going to be able to have control over what's happening to you um so just listening to my gut making conscious decisions being very aware of what, what my belongings are if i'm on a busy street um like a touristy area then or, or a, a marketplace i love outdoor markets um local markets i have a, a string backpack and I'll just flip it to the front of me. And so I just, yeah. all my valuables are there. So I'm never like pickpocketed or no one's behind me taking anything or stuff like that. Um, I don't leave anything anywhere like my passport or wallet or extra money where I can't mm -hmm. keep control over what's going on with it. So in, yeah. the, in the 10 years in 84 countries, I've never had anything taken, stolen, lost bad happened to me. I've definitely heard so many horror stories from other travelers but there's always that something in there where I'm like, you see that mistake. Like, why did you go to the ATM at three in the morning by yourself outdoors yeah, in Amsterdam? Yeah. Like, you, and you're intoxicated. Like, why did you pull your whole cash of lot of cash out in your taxi in Colombia, like to pay the driver? They're going to, you know, just stuff like that, you know, in situ, people learn, oh, yeah. but because I've always lived by myself and I've, I lived in Chicago, which is a big city. I worked in the hospitality industry. So I was leaving a big city at three in the morning to travel on a bus to go yeah, back to my yeah. apartment. So I've always kind of developed these things to be aware of my surroundings, to know where my valuables are, to 
Um, not wear my earphones and, and with music on that I can't hear someone behind me. I apply all that to when I was traveling. Yeah, but I'm so surprised to hear that, you know, you mentioned you had some anxiety, yet you went to those places. It's like almost putting yourself in situations and uh, there is such thing as exposure. Um, you know, yeah. when, when you expose yourself to all these different situations yeah. <laughs> and you slowly kind of became more resilient towards, you know, that fear and, and actually made yourself stronger as a result. But no, it's a, it's a, it's it's incredible. I mean, if... Uh, I don't know if I could do something like this, but it's not for everybody. It's not. It's not for it's, everybody, definitely. It's not. And it's more also a personality thing. So yeah. it's always it's always been in my personality to do things that get me out of my comfort zone. Um yeah. like for instance, I competed in a um a national uh, beauty pageant here one year in 2012 and that was something completely out of my norm or comfort zone but the opportunity came and I that is terrifying for so many people to be on stage to yeah. you know do whatever we had to do and I took it on and I said I want to see how I'm I am in it you know and same thing with starting a business that's extremely intimidating especially a new niche in the travel industry as a travel coach you know someone could easily be like, nope, doesn't exist, not going to happen. Instead of me, I'm like, well, I'm going to build this to make it a thing, to give a platform for other people who want something similar. So I've always made a choice to see, I like to see how capable I am to accomplish, to do things. Don't I don't always succeed by any means. I didn't win the pageant. But yeah. um, I always like to just, you know, I, I feel like it's so much more of a learning lesson for yourself. Yeah to see what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and just to try new things because you're always learning something new in so many different situations. Yeah, yeah. So you started uh, Travel Coach Network in 2018? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been around, you know, you've been running this for a couple of years. So what was the uh, greatest sort of challenge um, running your own business um, in the last couple of years? Well, for me, one of the biggest challenges is that it's a new niche, new kind of a newer idea. So I, yeah. it wasn't that I would, I couldn't just create something and sell it. I had to educate first. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot harder when it comes to business or products of any sort, because you need that educational phase of what is it? What does this mean? You know, so many people say, I never knew that something like this existed. So I had to get that marketing, that awareness, that educational phase out there, which I'm always in. Uh, but then when I felt ready, I, I created the very world's very first certification program for travel coaches. Um, so it's like steps that people can take or, and that I could take in my business of educational. What does that mean? How can it be applied um, and then for me, the other thing that's super difficult is that I run actually two businesses at the same time that I create. So the travel coach network for travel coaches and travel entrepreneurs and my certification program. And the other half is me as a travel coach. I specialize in business travel and corporate wellness. So I have that whole area of introducing and infiltrating myself as a travel coach with my fresh ideas into a, a huge industry already in business travel and in the corporate and the corporate world. So it's very challenging on both ends, um, but I do them both at the same time. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, transformational coach. Is it also related to travel? A transformational coach? Yeah, transformational um, coach. A transformational coach can be applied to so many different things, not necessarily travel experiences. Uh -huh. You might hear the term transformative travel, which is different from a transform transformational coach. Uh, so okay. transformational coaches can help people at any phase of their life with any sort of issues. A travel coach can integrate transformation through travel mm -hmm. experiences. So there's a, a difference there. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for explaining. So in your view, uh, what is the biggest mistake um starting entrepreneurs make yeah um there's so many one could be <laughs> listening to everything out there that tells you to buy all the flashy stuff buy this buy that use this use that 
listen to this person, listen to that person, and it gets completely overwhelming, or they end up spending way too much money, and they're like, yeah. oh, I can't do this. I think it's called, um, I think it's called uh, shiny syndrome. Uh, yeah, the shiny, shiny syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Shiny object syndrome, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think we're all guilty of it at some point mm. in our business. Um, but there comes a point where you have to learn how to close off a lot of that noise. So if that looks like unfollowing a specific, um, person on social media or unfollowing a certain business that you found yourself comparing yourself to, um, or if that meant, you know, not accessing a certain platform because you're bombarded with too much information and just staying hyper-focused on one project. It might look like that. Um, it might look like creating a tighter, stricter budget for yourself and saying, okay, I have no more room. So I'm not even going to look at any other offers or anything yeah. else that comes my way. So you have to figure out what that looks like for yourself. Um, and then the other thing that entrepreneurs in the beginning really struggle with is just having the confidence uh, or expecting results way too soon because mm. a lot of it comes from that sh uh, shiny object syndrome where I said, you'll see offers saying, you know, hit your first 10 K month, hit, hit your first oh, yeah. 30 K month. Like by this program, you're going to make this much money. Or I made $500,000 in the past, you know, in 2019, like by this program, I'm going to show you the way. So there's no one answer to anything in business. And a lot of that stuff is just really repetitive. But everything works differently for people, for every entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you, you just can't do all of it into your business, whether it's funnels or, you know, what kind of offers you structure. If you try to combine everything that everyone says the best answer out there, the best solution, you're going to end up with nothing because it's so overwhelming. So it's just trying a couple new things and just trial and error. See what works. Every audience is different. Every ideal client is different. So see how your audience responds on what kind of platforms does your audience hang out on? What kind of language does your audience speak? Meaning like how, what kind of words do you use to talk to them? How do you attract them to you? What kind of vibe does your audience want? That's completely different from another type of entrepreneur's yeah. audience. Um, yeah. But you won't know that until you put yourself out there. So, so many entrepreneurs are waiting for that perfect moment when things look yeah. 100% ready, whether that's your website or your offer or whatever that you're waiting to make perfect, it's never going to be perfect. If it was, if you had something that was perfect and then you started your business, you are shooting yourself in the foot because you are doing yourself such a disservice because a part of having a successful business is allowing for evolution of your business, your ideas are going to change or involved. If you look at any of the, these big companies out there, like Amazon and Facebook, mm -hmm. they do what they are now is not what they, how they started by any means. So yeah. if they, if those owners, the founders kept that idea and was linear with it, they would be right where they started. They wouldn't be those giants that they are today. So it's, but they wouldn't know how to get where they are today until they started somewhere and listened to their audience, made changes, listened again, made changes. And it, over time, your ideas evolve. And that's the same thing for any type of entrepreneur. You might think that's how I started. I thought I was only going to be a travel coach and I was only going to help people travel how I traveled as a solo female traveler. I listened to people saying, what is a travel coach? Didn't know it existed. There's no platform mm -hmm. for anyone out there. Then I made changes. I said, I want to take my business travel expertise to another level. You know, I have an interest in business travel. I'm going to learn about that industry. So just evolving and learning different things. So not putting yourself into a box is really key for your business. Yeah, I guess you, you've you just answered my uh, other question. How do you stay, uh, stay on top of, of, of things as a founder? So basically, you just almost like doing micro pivoting right of the business depending on the business need and and the feedback you get from the customers right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you always want to you won't know what you listening to what your audience or ideal client wants 
is so much more powerful and beneficial than just trying to come up with something from scratch. Listen to their needs, listen to what they want. And that's the same thing of what happened during COVID. So many entrepreneurs listened to what their audience needed during this time and provided a solution. I did the same thing. I knew that there were many people who were not going to be uh, interested in my travel coach certification program or becoming a travel coach because the travel industry was uncertain, especially a lot more a few months ago. So I threw a free online event and it was a women's thrive through travel mastermind because I said, everyone is kind of their mindsets are in the dumps about travel. So whether they're an entrepreneur or they're in the travel space or wellness space, or they just like to travel, I'm going to hold a free online event. I had over like 130 women around the world, all around the world join. Um, and then over 300 reach out for the replay. And afterwards I had people reaching out saying, I really like that. Do you have another way to work with you? Or do you have something more advanced for Or do you have something for someone who's not necessarily a travel coach? So that's what inspired me to create my female travel entrepreneur elite group, um, which are women in different levels of any sort of hospitality business. Allowed me to become a better coach, a better business. Allowed me to started losing you a little bit. Can you just repeat your last sentence? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I off, I created the elite female travel entrepreneur insider circle. So a lot, doing that allowed me to become a better coach, a better business owner, a smarter business owner um, to get me through also the months of COVID, but also to learn the next stepping stones and offers that I could create to for my audience and to learn more about my who exactly is in my audience yeah no thanks for um for for explaining this this actually was kind of i wanted to ask you about the whole COVID situation because i'm just looking at some um news um, um article published actually end of august from travel weekly and and they're basically what they're saying that the global travel demand will fall 57 percent in 2020 and international tourism won't reach uh, 2019 levels again until 2024 according to the latest forecast from Oxford Economics so how does this make you feel because obviously you've 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 built a business right around this whole you know travel uh, you know um, uh, sort of industry and yet we and and touch wood, we're not going to be in the second wave or the third wave. But who knows? We just we just know it's uh, it's it's so everything is so uncertain at the moment. So how does it make you feel? What's your strategy? Like you you already kind of mentioned, you know, um, pivoting slightly. But uh, how do you feel about this sort of uh, um, forecast about the travel global travel? Yeah, um, obviously it's a very current relevant topic right now but those are just predictions yeah no one knows yes. exactly what it's going to look like um and in reality my perspective i've always had such hope for the travel industry because every we are as human beings we are innate travelers it is in our blood to travel um and travel the travel industry is so resilient if you look at all the past things that impacted the travel industry also the world so much of the world is dependent on tourism for their economies um so i've been very involved in a lot of conversations like this especially mm -hmm. in the business travel world yes there are so many uncertainties right now but every day is changing the information changes every day mm -hmm. and i think That's it really mean. depends more on not necessarily what's going to happen in the travel industry, but what's going to happen with the virus of uh, the coronavirus itself. That's yeah. what people are waiting to hear about. Not whether, because that's what's applied to the travel. Uh, but at the same time, when you think about it, bookings for like Airbnb, I read, are higher now than in a long time. Solo adventures are traveling, or um, solo travelers are on the rise. I read some articles also from Travel Weekly of a kayaking company who never focused on solo trips before are skyrocketing with their solo tourists. Um, so there's different industries. 
are different parts of the industry that are going to be fluctuating and shifting. Just like any industry, the travel industry is going to be shifted. It's going to change. But I believe in so many people that I know in the travel industry and experts and business owners also believe that it's going to be for the better. And what, why we think that is because when this goes back to what I kind of mentioned before, we travel for so many different reasons. Travel's healing. Travel is beneficial to our uh, mental well-being, physical well-being. Uh, there's just so much that travel brings to us, which is why you already hear people saying, I can't wait to go on a vacation. I can't wait to go get away. Um, so how travel is going to be shifted, from my perspective, is going to be with a huge emphasis on purpose and intention. Um, and on well-being. So what that means is that people are going to have to actually have a reason to get out of their comfort zone, to get on a plane to travel somewhere, to get into the car and take a road trip with their family. And more so, it's because what are they looking to get out of this? Mm-hmm. They need to, you know, what what better time to start thinking about traveling than when we've been cooped in our homes for months around the same people or away from everyone struggling, you know, stressing out about finances, about jobs, about what they want to do with their life. So many people had revelations during lockdown of, you know, I didn't, I had, you know, whether they were laid off from a job, they quit or they're not going back or they're just not happy going back and saying, I, this is time for me. They, so many people invested in themselves during this. They bought programs. They, took online, you know, virtual classes, they, whatever was, whatever it was about, whether professionally, you know, wellness wise, they made changes. So that's going to stick post COVID. So that's also going to apply to people's overall lifestyles. So people are going to want to either figure out how they can incorporate more travel. Can they work remotely somewhere else? Um, how can they ease the stress and the mental strain that's been on them during uh, these past few, uh, months? How can they reconnect with their family members during this? Like they've been away from them. So there's so many different reasons. So it's kind of like a twofold. One, we're itching to get away and travel. But at the same time, we're kind of just waiting to see like what's going on with the virus. But at the same time saying, what can I do now? So like I said, local domestic travel is um, already picking up. Yeah, uh, solo yeah. adventures or family travel, maybe road trips for the weekend. Um, so those are parts of the industries that you will see um, a lot higher. There's already talks about the cruise line coming back. So there's so much possibility and hope in yeah. the industry. Um, and people for, since I'm in the business travel industry as a travel coach and sitting on webinars and events and stuff that I was just on this week and companies don't wait to get to work. Like we, in any business, don't sit and wait to the travel mm-hmm. industry is back and bounce back. Like I've heard so many people interested in getting into the travel industry, get to work now and make those pivots that now you are going to be a leader when the travel is back to you. It's new norm. Um, and they are ahead of the game. You're ahead of competition. You've made changes to, you know, what you believe in for the wellness of travel, the purpose of travel, the intent to travel for business. Um, You know, what does that all look like? So it all kind of connects with what I was talking about with the the benefits that travel, the power that travel has on us as humans and in our professional life. Yeah, no, it's great to hear your optimism because, you know, you read some papers by, say, National Geographic published something saying, that you know the impact of COVID is like six or seven times um, greater than 9/11 attacks or something like that. But then again, every you know, and it is a threat, right, for the for the industry. But you know, every time when there is a threat, there is also an opportunity to pivot and to find new ways to serve the market. Uh, like you said, through the local maybe uh, travel or solar travel and so on. No, it's, it's it's great to hear your optimism, and I, I, I guess it's you know entrepreneurs have to be optimistic, right? <laughs> if you believe <laughs> enough in what you do, yeah. If you believe enough of what you do, then you have yep. to be optimistic. If you allow that negativity to seep in and it allows you to take over, you know, not getting work done or 
changing to do something else and you weren't meant to do what you're doing in the first place then if you don't believe in it and of course facts are facts and we're waiting for you know more data on on the virus but this is a prime opportunity for the travel industry and hospitality industry to redefine what it means to have an experience, redefine what it means for personalization and redefine what it means for people to, for why people travel and how people travel. So that's a lot of the buzz that I've seen in the travel industry, which just reassures my optimism about it. But of course, there's so many different sides to it. And mm -hmm. we're still just kind of waiting to see what's going on with the virus itself. But the travel industry is not going to go anywhere. And um, if anything, like I said, it's going to be for the better in the future, whether that's one year from now, two years from now or whatever. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you were to teach one lesson to starting entrepreneurs, starting well today, uh, people who may perhaps lost their jobs and decided to to have a go at entrepreneurship, what would, what would be your uh, lesson to those people? Yeah, I would just say to kind of like what I mentioned before, do that mm -hmm. inner reflection and ask yourself, mm -hmm. what is it that you want to do? What would make you happy doing every single day? Um, what are you interested in doing and what you're good at, what you want to learn to do and get to work, go open up your computer, go to Google and start researching things in that niche, whatever it might be, whether it's parenting, whether it's the wellness industry, whether it's, um, you know, there's just so many different options of how you can, what kind of business you can create these days, but it's up to you to be creative and to get out of your mm -hmm. comfort zone and just learn just there's so much information on the on the internet on whether it's business and research and online forums and it's social media listen to conversations listen to what people are talking about listen to people's needs reach out and build relationships and just have conversations with people and say well why do you feel that way or you know if in if it's a, a niche or an industry that you might be interested in see what's going on in that industry, read articles of what's going on. I always, in my uh, certification program, I always, always tell my members to like do your research. And what I mean by that is listen to articles and um, listen to um, the Facebook groups in travel or wellness or women travelers or whatever it might be that they are niches in. Um, and and create a solution, find commonalities of topics being talked about or problems that there are and create a solution for them. Um, and you, and try something you don't know, offer your, offer some things for free, um, offer free sessions or create a free resource or, you know, just tell people what you're thinking about and ask them what they think about it. Um, so there's always little baby steps to start uh, but it, no one is going to tell you what you should create and what you should do. It's within yeah. yourself and you have to sit down with yourself and just start brainstorming and go to the internet and start researching. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. And perhaps maybe the last word just to wrap up um, to female entrepreneurs, because this is our audience. What is the question? just the final sort of word uh, to female oh, final word for the female yeah. yeah I love that just just go for it whatever you feel like you want to do just go for it don't listen to anybody else don't listen to anyone saying no you're gonna get a million no's before you get a yes don't wait for anyone to give you approval for anything or to agree with your ideas. Your family doesn't need to understand what your vision is. Your friends don't need to understand what your vision is. No one does except for yourself. So find the support, whether that's a group of women, a community, a program, a coach, a mentor, the support that you need, ask for help and invest in yourself and just take it day by day. But as long as you believe in yourself, you can honestly make anything happen for your business, for your own life, but no one's going to do it for you but yourself. Sahara Rose, thank you so much for coming and sharing this with our audience. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll find a lot of helpful tips and um, advice to, you know, for their business thank you so much for coming and good luck with everything and i'm i'm sure you'll be 
Um, yeah, your your business will, will prosper. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, sure. Thank about you so that. much. I really thank appreciate you. that, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And if anyone needs me, visit thetravelcoachnetwork.com or Sahara Rose the travel coach on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, But thank you so much. I had a really great time and I can't wait for your listeners to hear what they think about our our chat. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll put the link to all your social media in the podcast notes. So yeah, our listeners will be able to check you out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and good luck. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, So you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all for me. Um, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time. <laughs>